0: Hey guys, and welcome back to the SkullCast for episode 108. I am your host, as always, Walter, and joining me today are Azil, Hey. And Grail. Hi there. Griff's running late, but he might be able to join. But joining us, special guest, Cronus. Heyo. I introduced you right as you took a swig of coffee. That wasn't very strategic of me as a host. I should have seen that I was coming. challenging myself. Well, thanks, man. <laughs> Yeah, Cronus is a blast from the past. There's only probably a handful of members that are listening to this that remember the name Cronus because Cronus was very active when the site launched 20 years ago. And that's why I I added him to this um, podcast. Uh, But not only are we here to discuss Skullknight.net's 20th anniversary, which was just five days ago, actually. We're also here to, of course, discuss the holy shit, 362, episode 362, is a bombshell, and I did not expect it to be such a bombshell, and I probably should have expected it to be as big as it was. But first, 20 years ago, I was just finishing high school, and I was following a forum called Black Sun Over Midland, and everyone had hit the same roadblock. We'd gotten to volume 19, 20 wasn't out yet, but the episodes for 20 were towards the end, they were towards the end of the volume, and I'm like, I think it must have been Cronus who said, you can just go get that magazine. Like, how, would I, how in the world would I do that? Like, <laughs> there's a Japanese bookstore in Atlanta. Just, I'll show you where it is. We'll go there and we'll pick up the magazine. I'm like, what? You can just go and get them? <laughs> so yeah, like he, we, he introduced me to this place and I, I bought the first young animal. It was episode 165 of Berserk. Anyway, that was the beginning. Uh, I scanned that episode. I put it on the internet. Don't tell anybody this is 20 years ago. It's a secret. Um, ever since then... I've been following Berserk every episode and so have many, 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 many others. That momentum to find out what happens next in Berserk honestly started there. We had a big international audience that happened that started gathering around Black Sun over Midland because this weird guy named Walter like spends his own money to go buy the magazine and post it on the internet like crazy. <laughs> around that time, my bandwidth was getting eaten up. So I said, I may as well just go all in and reserve a domain. What should I call it though? What should I call this weird site where I'm pretty much just hosting scans? I don't know. Berserk.net sounds expensive. How about Skullknight.com? That sounds cool. I'll get Skullknight.com. Because we were talking about Skullknight.com, someone there had been lurking and re- literally registered the domain from under me. Oh. And so I couldn't register Skullknight.com. But he had said, you know, I'll sell it to you for an exorbitant price. And I'm like, dude, I'm just going to get Skullknight.net. And so that's how he ended up with .net. <laughs> I like .net. Honestly, like 20 years on, .com sounds fucking like a .com, honestly, kind of lame. <laughs> so I'm happy with it, we ended up the way it is. And then the rest of it's pretty obvious, right? That's the registration story. That's why we got to here. Uh, a year later, I launched a forum. Da-da-da-da-da, here we are 20 years later. We're still reading Berserk. We haven't stopped. So I wrote a big-ass thing about that on the site. But zooming back, Cronus is someone who, technically been reading for 20 years as well, but I haven't really heard, I haven't really talked about Berserk with you. Uh, not much in the past 15 years or so. That's true. Every time I'd see you, um, every couple of years I'd see you, we would talk about it. We, I, th- I think you've been following it, but you must have – you must be following it the way you're supposed to be following it really. is like you catch up every two years and you just like, slam dunk six episodes at a time, right? A whole volume at a time.
1: I mean lately, yeah. So that, that's – by the way, I didn't know that about the dot-com .converse.net story. That was – that's funny. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. Funny. That was just a little – that was a b- bump in the road. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I think I – I think, uh, especially the episodes lately, last two or three, um, essentially when, when Casco was came back, let's say, that's when I've mm-hmm. been like, okay, I've been on it. But yeah, in the intervening years, it you know we were on the isle, uh, on the ship forever, you know those kinds of things. It was it was to me it was feeling like a bit of a downturn. Was like, I'd still read it like every year, but it wasn't something I followed as voraciously as I used to. Um, I will say Berserk is the only thing, the only manga really that I feel like I, I set time aside and, and go after, you know, um, I still have my Berserk memorabilia and stuff like that in my, in my house and everything. But, uh, yeah, I'd say every few years, every few years when I would see you, it'd be like, you know, uh, but before, before you came out to Seattle this year, I think the last time I saw you was when your son had like just recently been born, he was like six, mm-hmm. six months yeah. old and he he cried and hated my guts, you know, but, uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. we were, uh, we were in,
0: uh, DC and, and ha- DC. Yeah. So 2012, that would have been solitary Island yeah. stuff.
1: That's yeah. Deep. And, uh, shortly yeah. after that, that's when I moved up to the Northwest. So, but yeah, it's uh, lately, I feel like as new episodes come in, I'm kind of like, okay, I need to be on this. And I'll just say being a guest today is kind of like Oh, wow.
0: Yeah, this one. This is the one you decide to come on. <laughs>
1: Casually coming into. and uh,
2: Great timing.
1: Walter. Yeah, Walter emailed me. He's like, by the way, this is a bit of a landmark. You should really see it before you come on the show. I was like, okay. I was going to anyway to make sure I'm staying up to date. Yeah, yeah. And then I message him back. He's like, well, you weren't joking. Oh, my God. So – Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: That would have been a funny way to, if you had not read it and you came on the show, like, oh, I didn't have time Uh, to check it. What what happens in this episode? Is it anything worth reading? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. um, Why I still read Berserk after 20 years. Honestly, it's it's not just for moments like this, but it really is the fact that moments like this still happen 20 years out that can still surprise me and still make me go, wow, and make me second guess everything I thought I knew about what happened a thousand years ago, which was admittedly not much. But still, this particular moment, I mean, honestly, it's one that I feel like Mira has kind of strung out fans this long to start revealing the the history of Skull Knight. It's what made me a huge Berserk fan to begin with. Honestly, it's what started me thinking, okay, I need to learn more about this series so I can learn more about this fucking badass. Because it's not enough. That little flashback we got in Volume 10, not enough. I need to start putting the pieces together and... Here we are, Mira's finally lifting the veil on that. So this is a, a big moment um, for me and many other readers as well, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we had Griff, I would talk to him about the 20 years ago stuff. Um, he's not around, but maybe he comes later and we'll add it to the show. But I wanted to end the segment by saying um, I've always wanted to make Skullknight.net t-shirts. Um, I, because we've been been doing this so long, I feel like we should commemorate it in some way. So finally, here's an opportunity. 20, big bang, let's do it. I have designed T-shirts. Grail and Aziel helped me pick the colors and, and fonts and <laughs> make sure I didn't make something that was terrible. So thank you for your contributions and filtering my creative. Oh,
2: it was very fun. Side. I don't feel like I did that much. I just said, oh, this looks nice. Oh, I'm not as big a fan of this one, but it turned out perfectly, I think.
0: Yeah, they're pretty cool. So um, we have T-shirts for men, T-shirts for women. We have hoodies. We have long sleeves. Uh, so they are priced pretty modestly honestly um 24 to 30 dollars, i think it is so go for it i will pick one up for sure uh, replace the n7 hoodie yeah there you go i I only have this one hoodie this is the one that i always wear and it's not even a logo it's just a bullshit (laughs) you know gray hoodie so yeah uh, look for those. I'll be shipping those <coughs> out. Final orders are going to be on basically <coughs> Halloween. So get your orders in before Halloween. And I'm going to place a big bulk order and start shipping those out across literally the world. I got an order from Switzerland. I got an order from Kuwait. Oh, I'm wow. not comfortable about shipping a package to Kuwait. I'm going to be put on a list. That's cool. It's for the fans. We
2: got a Kuwaiti, um, uh, skull Knight fan.
0: We do. Yep. 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 Didn't Don't want to out who it is. You know who you are.
3: We have more than one um, actually. I did not know that. I I check the IPs of every member. (laughs) I'm kidding. But I know we—I know we've got more than one. (laughs) We got people in Saudi Arabia. We got—we got many, many members from all over the world.
2: Very
3: cool.
0: That was—I mean, just real quick. That was one thing I didn't really piece together until I started writing this whole 20 years later thing that I ended up writing, which was like when I posted the scanlations. I wasn't even scanlations. It was just scans of Berserk. It went from a U.S. site to a international site. Like, literally, anyone who was here from SkullNight.net in the early years knows it wasn't just English-speaking people speaking people. It was people from, from Spain, from Italy, from France, from Brazil, everywhere, uh, and many, 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 many countries. And that always made it really cool. And I never even thought about why that was the case. It's because no one was willing to go scan them, I guess. I don't know why. It's a pretty cheap magazine. I mean, it was like 4 bucks cover price, but that was a too tall of a burden for some people I suppose but um, it attracted an international audience I thought that was very cool, mm-hmm. particularly in that time of the internet or the early 2000s which is a very wobbly time to be on the internet. Some very interesting characters
1: came in as a result too right like yes
0: uh, and some might argue they're still around <laughs> honestly there was <laughs> one
1: for a while the one where uh, what was his name? Paradise Lost do you remember that one?
0: Oh yeah I've heard, how could I forget? <laughs> <laughs> there have been many more How many times um,
1: did we like because we would be like drinking in the apartment be like, Ugh, paradise Lost. look at this look at this crap
0: there's a special there's a special brand of arrogance that comes <laughs> with with someone like that and it's just it's just kind of mm. but that's not all <laughs> that calling.net had to offer in the early years um we're going to cut it off there. Go order t T-shirt, please, because uh, I don't want to have to uh, uh, order beyond this bulk order date. I don't want you to miss out. That's all I'm saying. So, um, me and the recorded a small episode uh, two weeks ago to announce the Berserk exhibition. The details were finally released two weeks ago. Uh, we didn't know what this was going to be. We knew it was going to be some kind of celebration. We eventually learned that it's basically an art show in Japan that will have little dioramas of uh, different scenes from Berserk, like um, Elf Elm. Aziel, you wrote a big thing about it. You probably are more familiar with all the details. But no. it's a big art exhibition. And in addition to that, there was a crowdfunding campaign that recently surpassed its goal. Was was it, um, how much was it, 100 is it
3: 100000 Yeah, it's $100,000. You wrote down uh, in your notes, 50, you wrote $10,000. Now it's $100,000. They, they wouldn't do crowdfunding for $10,000, man. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it's, okay. a, it's a $100,000 uh, or 10 million yen. And they, yeah, they have surpassed it. And now there's a um, stretch goal for um, basically uh, $120,000, which I think is uh, attainable. There's uh, six days left. And, um, yeah, it's pretty cool because um, they got rewards that are basically art from Europe, that's nicely framed, you know, printed, color accurate, that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah.
0: Yeah, and it's a little, you, you posted a thing, a guide for anyone that wants to participate because for those who don't know, the crowdfunding site that Hakusensha chose for this only allows for Japanese transactions. So if you are someone like us, you literally can't participate unless you have a, a, what's the word? A proxy to go through someone in Japan willing to take on this for you with, for a fee. Uh, and you, you Azeel, you've identified a few of those for those who want to contribute. And actually many have already contributed. Um, not me. Uh, it's just a, it's a bridge too far for me to do that. Cause it's just, I don't know if I was more excited about the rewards, I would do it. I'm, but, I'm
2: with you, Walter. I it, did, I, d- I didn't feel like I saw anything that really was like, oh, I got to get it. But I'm glad to see that so many people have participated, nevertheless.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, they met their goal, which is I was a little worried, but they they of course they hit it because Mira signed all those pieces of art, and then they signed more pieces of art. So they nailed it, and that's great. And two people bought the 1 million yen package, which was the uh, Dragon Slayer, um, what do you call it? Replica. Replica. Thank you. Replica, that's the word I was looking for. Which looks pretty good. Um, The other part of this is the exhibition itself um, opens in late January. Um, And I'm just going to say this. I updated my passports. So uh, (laughs) we'll see if I get my passport in time.
2: Man.
0: And we'll see also, uh, the passport was one thing because mine had expired because I'm old. But also the fact that Japan's borders are closed Mm -hmm. uh, to someone like, say, me from the States. In a country where the COVID rates are climbing, not falling. So I would say it's unlikely that someone from my country, US, will be allowed in in late January. Things could change. I don't know. But it doesn't seem like the case. Uh, so that's why I've not bought a ticket yet, even though I was pricing it out. I was willing to do it. And when I realized the border thing was as serious as it was, I was like, well, shit. Yeah. So uh, anyone else that can cross that hurdle, I say go for it. Because... Miura said in his little um, he had a little letter at the top of the page, and he alludes to the fact that he has not done many signings before in the past. But Berserk's 30th is a way to celebrate, and this event is a way to celebrate. If you read between the lines there, Miura might be there to sign stuff on the opening day or one of, the, one of the days during that thing. That's an opportunity that's difficult for me to pass up, and that's <coughs> the only reason I would ever... Fly to fucking Japan if, unless there was a case I could actually meet face to face with Miura. That's worth the cost of admission to me personally. So I hope that's able to happen. I don't, I can't think of another instance where that would be the case, given that Miura is who he is, doesn't really go out that often uh, to meet fans. So that, that'd be cool. Well,
3: yeah. Let's let just know that it's not sure he'd actually be there to sign anything. So that's, that might be a thing, but no guarantees. He hasn't promised anything. And uh, they, are, they have not yet announced, uh, you know, what goods will be sold at the event and what uh, what they'll be doing besides the exhibition itself. So,
1: yeah. yeah, I think it would be good to go. But you could also check, see if Harusawa is doing a live show uh, around that time. He does them a lot. Yeah,
0: that's true. That would be cool. I haven't thought about bulking up on if I were to go. Yeah. It's more like, can I go? Yeah. I know sushi's on the menu. I fucking love sushi, but oh. other than that, seeing a uh, thats pretty much it. <laughs> Japan is awesome. I mean, uh, so steak it's steak the
1: greatest steak. trip I've ever taken in my life. And you, cool. if you get—you were there for a while, weren't you? Yeah, I went there for a month. And um, yeah, that's cool. We went all the way up and down the island. Went all the way down to Nagasaki. And uh, boy, I—I I don't know if—if if I was going that far, admittedly from the northwest, it's about nine hours. To get to Tokyo, but uh, if I was up there, I it, I would be really hard pressed to not stick around for a while and just wander around Shinjuku and Akihabara and all those places. But also
0: go out a little bit, you know. It's it's such a great it's such a great trip. But yeah, I wouldn't want to stick in the city forever. I don't even like cities to begin with, much less a foreign city in which I don't actually speak the language. I would want to get out of that <laughs> personally. But
1: um... you'd pick it up. You'd start picking it up. Yeah.
0: Um, that's going to do it for that section. Um, let's go ahead and get into the main event, which is episode 362. I'm going to recap it for those that maybe you don't know what happened in this episode. Why are you listening to this podcast? Well, they're in the for a I'm
2: surprise. Still, <laughs> I'm still going to recap it.
0: <clears throat> so, Hanar's Hammer stirred a memory from the blood in the Berserk's armor, the final memory of its former wearer. We see an occultation resembling the eclipse, but with the vortex of souls in the place of the eclipsed sun. There are five godhand like beings, void and four new faces. The vision continues as we see Geyseric holding a dying branded woman in his arms. Then his vision fades and Guts awakens. Skull Knight ends the episode by saying, What you saw was the end of the foolish king, the beginning of a dead man's endless wandering of the night. This was an incredible episode visually. Um Everyone that has seen it probably feels the same way, is that Meir is finally lifting the lid off of this like mystery that he's bottled for decades. And absolutely. But if you really take the like a satellite view of things, it's not like anything fundamentally changed as a result of what we saw. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's four previous godhand-like beings. We don't know the specifics of that yet. But the fact that Geyseric was basically a victim of whatever happened with Void becoming a godhand pretty much in the cards since we knew about those two, right? Pretty much the same. Yeah. That Geyseric had some kind of great tragedy and that there was a, a casualty, i.e. this woman as a result, kind of in the cards. The fact that Guts and Skull Knight or Geyseric have a lot of connections, kind of in the cards since volume nine and 10. So a lot of those pieces were there. But now we're finally seeing the specifics of the story that Muir wants to tell about a thousand years ago. And that's what's exciting. Other thoughts? Opening thought, Opening thoughts. We'll get to a, a lot of specifics Ooh, in a bit.
2: Where do you start, really? Um, it's just amazing to. See, for me, the biggest, the biggest uh, draw was seeing the the God Hand or the Proto God Hand or the Pre God Hand, whatever you want to call them. Just, just seeing how Mira would interpret a group predating the current group is really interesting. And uh, I mentioned this in the thread, but I was really drawn in by the imagery. Uh, with their countenance and, and how they were portrayed, kind of reflecting maybe earlier ideas about religious figures, like the the booby lady, <laughs> kind of looking <laughs> like a statue of Artemis. And uh, I, you know, I'd never seen that statue before this episode, but it really got me thinking about how people from that era would have different reference points for religious, you know, figures and how they wanted to represent themselves. I really yeah. like that part.
3: I mean, I think uh, I have to agree, you know, the, what's visually striking about this episode is that the opening scene, you see that, you know, crazy eldritch scenery we've never seen before. Then you see the close-up of, of those four figures uh, in addition to Boyd, you know, and, and just their designs. Like you said, Walter, it's, uh, it's you know, basically a big teaser. We, we don't really learn anything new beyond the fact that, there were actually there was a team, uh Voyola that was a team before the current one. But we don't know the nature, we don't know too much about that. But just that um visual effect that scene uh it's it's just very, very striking and of course I think it got everybody exciting. Plus the fact that we actually get to see the the branded the branded woman, you know, who who dies with him at the end. Um it's you know the cascade to uh He's, you know guts so I, I think these are just small models that mira's you know left us uh, very appetizing and of course opening us up for what's to come in, in the next few episodes
0: yeah we haven't seen void on the page just as a note since volume 13 um we saw you know an apparition of void at the incarnation ceremony in volume 20 not quite the same
3: thing. we saw his brain we saw a, we saw
0: a close up of his nutsack brain uh in 34 <laughs> wow, 35 35 so yeah sure but he's not really been on the page he's been holding that kind of card out for us so obviously as someone who's had had a void avatar for 20 years pretty exciting yeah um the other thing is that Miura, what he's done so far is he's shown um it's really, this is all about Geyseric. What it's not about yet is Skull Knight. And there's still a lot to be told about what happened in those ensuing years. And I feel like that's kind of, he's, the cards that has played in this episode lead up to, and then what? How did you survive? How did you become who you are today? Because this is like the, this is the end of the first part of RoboCop, end of Act 1, where Murphy gets his legs blown off, right? This
3: is, this is, uh, what's the guy's that's name? Sounds very specific. Uh, is <laughs> it yeah, the Criterion yeah. because Edition? Then, because or... then? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Because then they take his corpse and they hook him up to OCP and he becomes RoboCop, i.e. <laughs> Skull Knight. Uh, so, like, that's coming. All that stuff, all that action's coming. But right now what we have is Murphy's tragedy, basically. <laughs> Didn't mean to go there, but here we can are. I, can I say wow.
1: in this, just reading this part, what was striking to me is once the Vortex of Souls, like, the, that's on my background, I, I looked at that and I was like, that's marvelous. I want, like, a gigantic print of that. It's it's it's, it's an incredible uh, mm-hmm. artwork. But it's really incredible what Mira does with no words throughout this entire sequence. I mean, you know, you see you see it from the the satellite view, and as it narrows in, you know, as you you really have to look at the art a bit more because what you're seeing is guys are absolutely tearing it up. You know, as as you kind of zoom in, yeah, first person, yeah, first
0: person. It's not, it's not immediately apparent. Like, if you're just thumbing through it, you're just seeing scenery, but then you realize, oh because of the way it's occluded on either side of the page, it's, it's his vision. First person, as we've seen guts, first person perspective from within the berserk armor in yeah. the past. It's the same thing. Yeah. Basically. Also it's the armor's memory or the blood's memory. So that's part of it yeah. as well. So yeah, yeah, it, right. It's cool. It's cool that we get him closer and closer to it. And then it kind of crescendos, um, which I'll just go ahead and ask the question. Is this one memory or is this two memories that ends right here with void. And then guts kind of emerges from the vision for a moment and kind of lunges at Hannah. Our right, And then the chains start breaking, but then he has a, a, <laughs> the, either a continuation of that memory or the second memory. Uh, the, the reason I asked the question is because they, the atmosphere of these is a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's this moment of, potential separation between the scenes what it would allow for is uh lots of stuff to happen in in the ensuing years presuming the first scene with the void happens in quote-unquote the past and this later scene with the woman happens a little bit further um we it would allow us to squeeze in a few of the events that we know might have happened since then um what do you guys think about that
3: well i mean it would be convenient but Given how this is presented to us as, uh, you know, his dying moment, uh, I mean, I agree, in principle, on the fact it's two different scenes. Obviously, there's one where he's rushing towards uh, this group of people led by Void and presumably uh, trying to, uh, you know, cut them down. And then uh, Gets emerges, and when he goes back, he sees that Geyseric, you know, is mortally wounded, and he's holding his dying woman in his arms. And as she she falls back you even see the brand in the background of the landscape so uh, I think what it shows is like the heart of the action when he tried to get to the goalland and then uh, you see the results of that night uh, which is that he died and she died and uh, I mean everybody died but I don't think it wouldn't make sense to me uh, for there to be like two years in between these two events because it's not like it's not like honor uh, said, oh I'm going to show you." You know big battles that occurred in this armor or something like that it's really his dying moment so it makes sense to uh see it as uh you know the battle where he was mortally wounded and his actual uh dying last breath
0: i also think if you join them into one memory it makes it more powerful that it was that cataclysmic of an event uh, of, a, of a night of an intense night right that this happened uh, with void, being, uh, with <coughs> void there, the, the, the capital being sacrificed, he loses his life and the woman loses her life all in one massive tragic event. Right. I think that's more powerful than if you, set, if you segment it out and then later have to explain, oh, that was different back then. That wasn't – then. it yeah. just leads to confusion later on, I think. Mm-hmm. And
2: thematically, it ties in with Guts's experience with the eclipse, just losing everything, losing the love of his life, nearly dying himself. Things obviously turned out differently for him, but it it parallels their experiences more.
0: That is probably the one that I kind of subliminally took to heart the most was that, yes, we knew that Geyseric and Guts probably had some parallels uh, given the fact that they've each dedicated their life to revenge in some form or another. But to see it happen like this, because I can't help look at this tentacle scene with the vortex in the background and not think about the eclipse. Like It just reminds you of Guts finding his way to get to femto uh really at at this point to stop him from doing what he's doing right Right. at that at that point of the eclipse if it just atmospherically feels similar to me and also the line at the very end with skull knight he says that was the end of the foolish king um why was he foolish i mean the, the the to me the easy takeaway is that he felt betrayed by whatever happened someone that he trusted someone he put faith in betrayed him that's the way I took that, and I think that would make sense. It would resonate between Guts and Griffith as well. Hmm. I
1: think it was a yeah. blind spot. So my my, my the, yeah. The idea is it it's clear that the wise man, you know, Void betrayed him and destroyed the kingdom, you know, as as revenge for torture because Mosgus talks about it, in, I think seventeen or something mm-hmm. along those lines. Eighteen. But uh, it, what's the the linchpin for me is is the uh, the woman in his arms. You know, if you look at the the jewelry, the decoration, the the sort of the style of the character, she really looks like the um, Damon, Dan. yes. And I'm like, okay, so I went back to the Flora chapters, because there's a little reference in the, I think in the previous episode about how Shirka could talk to the Daemon and, and speak potentially back to Flora. And I'm like, okay, I feel like some of these pieces are starting to come into play to sort of Bring in what these relationships might have been, because Flora obviously had a relationship to some degree with Geiserit—not like potentially an intimate one, right? But you know, knew him and was familiar with him. So, who is this woman? You know,
0: how does she slot into the Flora Skull Knight right. thing? I, I think those, the, the Flora and Shirke sorry the Flora and uh, Skull Night relationship is simply yeah. Shirke and Guts. Yes, I mean he—he he even says as much on the beach. He says. She uh, Flora was, to me, what you two are now, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, the question is, there's. whenever I saw this page, I really felt like, it felt, and it sounds lame, but it felt like a loss. Because it feels like a character, a main character, that we never even got to meet. And immediately she's removed from the board, basically. So there was just a very, and Mira was able to capture quite a bit of emotion with this result, with this shocking look from Geyseric in the, two, the four pages of her death. And yet we don't even hear her say anything. So I, I do feel like she is a major character, and pretty obvious, that we never even got to hear an explanation for who she is since we we're left with so many
2: questions. But Miura
0: gave her so many freaking pieces of jewelry. There's a lot to say here. She's
2: um, decked out, man. Seriously, well,
3: I mean, so, if she was the empress of the biggest kingdom to have ever existed, it makes sense she'd have some nice, you know, uh, goods on her. <laughs> just, just saying. I mean, Agreed. she wasn't just some, you know, street, you know, a street vendor,
2: yeah, vegetable I vendor. I think it's clear that she's definitely a woman of status, but the specifics of her status are still unclear. I've heard people asking, is she a priestess, or she, you know, nobility mm-hmm. in the city? I, I'm personally leaning towards the kind of maybe she's a vassal of Dannon or a priestess of, or of, you know. Working with the elves, not necessarily yeah. a witch, but somebody connected in that way.
1: That was my thought as well. Also, I was I, I was going to say one more thing, real quick. Right. Is the the jewel, her necklace, really remind me of Rosine from Lost Children? I don't know if anybody else mm-hmm. noticed that, but I was like, yeah. hmm,
0: interesting. The antennae. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, Denon has the same antennae. Right. Um, I, I think. I think the fact that Rose Rosine looks like that is just really the fact that she loves elves and she was obsessed with elves, so she. Yeah. She managed to somehow create a character design for herself that was very close to what Danan looks like, yeah, um, which to. is, like, good for her. Somehow she
3: nailed it. Um, well, I mean, it's, uh, it's what the Golden gave her. You know, she wanted to I be know. a queen oh. of elves. They were like, sure, no problem. There you go. Here, here you go. Oh.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We based this on something we might have had in the ba- in the background all along. Yeah. <laughs> oh. um,
2: it, it looks like Dannon, but it doesn't look like Dannon. So I had this fanciful thought of what if what if Dannon was not the, uh, you know, the queen of the elves at this time and there was another uh, tree or another being that was ruling over the elves and Dannon took over some time later.
3: Yeah, I've thought about that. Um, I think there's a a couple of problems with that idea. The first one being, you know, Diana is tied to a tree, and that tree is uh, fucking big. Uh, So if it's like any trees in the real world, it probably took a very, very long time to grow that large, which would imply she's very old. Plus, she lives on an island where time flows uh, more slowly than in the outside world. So... I mean, according to the rules, uh, we know them of that place. She's probably super, super old, like older than anything and anyone. Maybe that's not the case. But uh, yeah, that's the idea I had. One thing I'll say about the amulet she has with that uh, elfin effigy on it is that it does bear some similarities to the one that's on the Skull Knight's horse. There's bat wings instead of the butterfly wings. But if you look at the hair and the shape of the face... Uh, you know, the hair is the same straight hair that covers uh, the breast. So, and the, the face seems to be the same shape. And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking that might not be uh, a coincidence. Uh, I mean, the bat wings and stuff, that's because it's like a warrior's horse and he's not gonna have, you know, some fanciful, little, you know, yeah. CC yeah, uh, wings on it. yeah. So, it's thematically um, appropriate for a
0: skeleton warrior. Exactly. You know? so, a, a skeleton-themed version of Denon's, uh, you know, figure.
3: But yeah, still, there's some kind of thing there. And of course, I mean, the elf connection, I also wonder if it makes sense for, uh, you know, Geyser to just be banging an elf, you know. I mean, that doesn't seem to fit as we know them, so I've also been wondering about that.
0: Are you saying it's not possible to bang?
3: Well, I mean. uh, Can you prove it? Yeah, I mean, I can't can't 100% disprove it, but I'm going to say I don't lean in that direction.
0: Okay, I see.
3: That said, um, I do I do think like a connection to elves, you know, not just for her, but also for him makes sense, you know. Makes sense. He's wearing the berser's armor, so he must have known, you know, Hanar, he must have known maybe Danan at the time, or whoever was there, her predecessor. Um, and and I figure, you know, if the woman was his queen, you know, the empress of the empire, she must also have. And like we said earlier, she, he might even have been a priestess or something like that. So I think the you know, possibilities are numerous for that.
1: But if, um, so, yeah, I, my thought was is that they kind of touch a little bit on the previous episode about how, uh, you know, I mean, Geyseric the Conqueror's title, right? And so my thought is at some point he came to Elfhelm potentially in a conquering state because those wicker men are sort of the leftover vestiges of what sounds like sort of like a Viking type situation. But I was wondering, well, could it be possible that Geyser sort of helped lead that expedition or was sort of, you know, trying to expand his empire, came to Elfhelm and saw and, you know, met this woman there, you know, or, or something along those lines and established those relationships? Because we don't know when Geyser got, you know, sort of the berserker armor, but it had to have been when he went here and he needed that, that capability to continue conquering. That was kind of
0: how I was playing it through in my head. So and then... Might have fallen in love with this woman. I like that idea. I, I, that's kind of where I le- I was left last episode. Was thinking about and and that because of what they say about the Wickerman, because of what Morta says about there being a great kingdom only you know long in the past, uh, long ago attacked mm-hmm. this island uh, or this country is or nation. I think is the word that they use. Uh, Azil, I think you had a counterpoint to that though. There's something about that you didn't. It didn't sit well with you.
3: Uh, well, I mean, it's not uh, the thing is. So what we know of uh, Geiseric's empire is that it's more uh, Greek inspired than uh, Viking like, and, and I guess the woman's attire uh, reflects that. You know, it's a yeah. it's a robe that looks like it's you know classical. So um, so that doesn't quite fit. You know, at, at the same time, it's possible. Uh, that Geiseric invaded or tried to at least invade uh, Skellig. Uh, I mean, it wouldn't make sense given what is uh, told about uh, by Volvaba and uh, Molda about that. I also think, you know, we've seen that uh, it's possible to travel r- great distances uh, throughout these portals that uh, Griffith has um you know, uh, renovated. Um, and I'm, I'm just curious if a thousand years ago, uh, these guys really needed to travel by sea to, to do that kind of stuff. Um, uh, you know, I mean, we know, for example, uh, Flynn says that, uh, his father, Vid, um, attended, you know, at audiences with Geiseric several times. So presumably, if his father lived on that island already, he didn't travel by boat every time. You know, they just flew in. Uh, through magical means, like the Moonlight Bot does in the branches of the, you know, world's pirate trees, that kind of stuff. So I, I'm just curious about it's not so much that I'm against the idea, but I think there's many possibilities for who, you know, he might have gotten there, might have known these people. So, yeah, it's just uh, that's it. Yeah,
0: that makes sense. Uh, we've spent a lot of time on the the branded woman, and I, I agree to me that's one of the more emotional takeaways of this episode, but I wanted to go little further. But before, though, I wanted to say what I was trying to say earlier, which is is obvious, probably, but I wanted to point it out that the half-moon symbol mm-hmm. is on her necklace as well. Mm-hmm. And the, the joining of Danan with the half-moon, I have to think that that's significant. And like her earrings. Two different, yeah, earrings yeah. are, are symbols of the moon phases, which is very cool. Um, for those that don't know, the half-moon symbol is all over the place with Geyseric. You can see it when he first appeared in volume ten. Mm. You can even see a version of it on Falconia. Like the Falconia symbol is a winged version of that symbol. Um so that's really cool. And I imagine that basically it's it's a hinting that the fact that the Geyseric's empire wasn't just a human empire. It was a union of magical and human empires. Mm-hmm. That's my idea. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so enough with a lady um, where should we go from here? Griff, you have not weighed in on your overall take of this episode. Um, so, uh, what do you think? Cause you know, we've kind of gone back and forth on how significant is it really? Cause, uh, all the fe- pieces we knew about are just being visualized or represented here, but how, how does this change much for you? What, what were your thoughts?
4: It's all right. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I mean the thing to me that I keep coming back to cuz yeah, it's what's what's to me the biggest revelation is those god hand because we like you said, we kind of knew everything else. I mean, it's awesome to see it and it's like, whoa, you know, you feel like you're getting close to to the answer, you know, to the, the big reveal. But it's it's all kind of known information except the fact that like we didn't know there were other god hand. I mean, there was no I mean it was a possibility, but I mean to see not only that there was was another one but not only, but four other ones before. Whether it's, they, it's,
0: it, it's so funny because it's like it's like a rudimentary theory, right? From the very beginning, if you're first <laughs> reading Berserk, you see them say, well, there's "No
4: evidence for that."
0: <laughs> you, you see them say every two hundred sixteen years, and you think, "Oh, well, then forever, right?" Of course. So then we're talking like the Matrix here, right? Like how many cycles back was that that, that Neo? Right. <laughs> um, I mean, but there's it, nothing it, else it, to ground it on. So, like I said in the chat, like hilariously, well, like. Me for 20 years, there's no evidence of a previous god hand. Void. Get fucked, nerd. Because uh, guess what, you know?
4: <laughs> well, this, to me, this so, yeah, is the, I agree. the Mira mind fuck in the episode. It's just one, it's a two-page spread, and that's it, too. It's not, they, they do nothing. <laughs> you know, but you, just their presence is like, whoa. So, yeah, it's, that. That's, what, that's my big takeaway, even though it's like, oh, wow, we might get Gazerik's backstory in the next episode, but this is just something that, you know... Totally unexpected and awesome. I mean Yeah, we went from having five to nine known Godhands. <laughs> nine you know, in in, in one episode. <laughs> in yeah, one, like character you know,
0: design wise page. I feel bad for Miura because the god hand are already very distinct. Uh and here he's like, Yeah, you know what, let's just double the world. Let's just <laughs> make it double. Do well, it again, we, there's the one times. who
4: looks like he's the offspring of ganishka and uh grunbeld
2: <laughs> i, he's know, 18 pack. I like oh
1: grunbeld yeah yeah i i thought ganishka at first i was just saying that in the chat <laughs> but
2: yeah the beard
1: yep so
4: it was enough a to even make majestic beard didn't... yeah if we didn't have ganishka's backstory as an apostle already it'd be like whoa was he incarnated you know it's, right. it's just it's uh, i'm almost disappointing i can't make that leap <laughs>
2: did he get demoted <laughs> later on <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah. yeah. He
2: got incarnated
4: and then he had to become an apostle uh later. <laughs> they laid <Back>. him off.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, wow.
3: What I'm curious about these guys is um how significant they will be because like you can tell mira must have you know sweated to uh you know you know bring out these designs. It's not something he just did, you know carelessly that must have taken him uh, quite a while to you know to produce and i'm just curious i mean he didn't introduce them just you know as a backdrop and you know to discard them afterwards they must have been pretty this seriously just significant like an
4: awesome guitar solo he threw in to like be like so we're like oh holy shit <laughs> you know,
3: well i mean it. i i think in this episode it serves exactly that purpose it's like It's basically just Murat being like, "So what now, bitches?" And I, oh my (laughs) god,
2: he didn't. How do you like this? Yeah,
3: pretty much. I mean, he didn't reveal much, but just that shot—you know, everybody's got like, "Oh my god!" So, um, but but yeah,
4: it does set up. Like, if we do get in the next episode, or you know, sometime in the future, if Scully pulls it, well, you know, I gotta go. I'll I'll talk to you later. (laughs) You know, know, painfully, we've seen it before. You know, how cool would it be though to get that flashback and see, like, you know. I don't know that, uh, the woman apostle there talking like slan about, you know, things while, you know, a similar sort of ceremony is going on and you're just sort of seeing it all repeat, you know, in reverse essentially. And it's like, whoa, this is trippy. So there's a lot of potential there. I don't know how much he's going to do with it, but yeah, he's, you know, put them out there. So we'll probably see something involving them in a more extended flashback. I hope.
0: He couldn't have introduced them just to kill them off. And them to have served no purpose, you know, if that was the case, then it would have just been void here. Yeah. And then that's it. Exactly. You know? So I have to imagine the counter. Well, that would be
4: there. that would be the part where it's just like, oh, we're going to see void. And he's like, you know what? I'm just going to put four other dudes in there. You know, <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. Well, Blow everyone's mind. He could also. Yeah, I, I hope I. Go ahead. I was going
1: to say he really could do that here because it's what he's not saying. Uh, as part of this, these are, these are just sort of flashbacks, but it's, it's already kind of opening the doors on stuff like Walter said for like 20 years. Like, what is it? How, how long has this cycle been going on? And that's
0: the problem I have, man. That's, that's, that's the problem I have with introducing four and the the, the immediate presumption. I think the one that fits most naturally is yeah, this is a cycle. And yeah, this has been going on every 216 years as there's been a previous God Hand leading to Void. Void was in the femto place of right. this previous group. And then something happens, a convergence point where it resets, right? That's the, the obvious kind of like, apply the current rule set to this and that's what you get. But like the problem I have with that is like, I can't imagine that he's not going to tell us how the God Hand were formed. And if this isn't that, then why are we focusing on this era and not mm-hmm. 2000 years ago? 3,000 years ago. There has to be something special about this era uh, for him to tell this story, To for this story to be important. And if he just introduced these, oh, yeah, there was always something going on with a god hand. Because like, they're not a principle of the world. It's not like the elementals. You know, like you know They've not been around since the beginning of the world. It's a man-made kind of ritualistic group. Yeah. So what was the origin of that? And if he's not going to tell it now, then when? So that's why I, I kind of like just structurally push back against the idea that this was a 216 leading up to now kind of thing. Um, The other thing, and this is the bridge to the next conversation, is everything we know about the God Hand now could be because they've been operating through the cracks in the world they've been able to get at by manifesting in darkness, by appearing every uh, occultation or every time there's an eclipse. That's when they can manifest and that's when they can do shit. What if that wasn't always the mm. case, though? The rules could be off back then because we're talking about a time presumably before the World Tree had diminished in power so that they might not have to operate in the cracks back then, which means theres it's all—it's entirely possible these four were raised, these five were raised at the same moment or close, here, close together. So I just want to introduce that as a possibility for what we know about how the God Hand operate now might not be how it was yeah. back then.
4: Right. I mean, it makes me think of – I mean, this is stuff we've kind of discussed before with uh, the idea of evil. There's a – if you're going back to the beginning and trying to think of, like, the origin, what could the origin have been? There's, like, an interesting chicken or the egg uh, idea here where did man's desires, you know, create the idea of evil that created the god hand? Or was, like – or did it start with a man, essentially? Did it start with a person – that desire, whose desire was so strong, you know, basically almost like did the first god hand almost create the idea,
3: <laughs> rather than vice versa.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I think what you said and what was said uh, pretty much the same thing. In that, it's uh, to me, it's not interesting to learn about the story of the backstory of void and Gatherick if they are just uh you know seventeenth in the twenty three cycles we've been through so far. Uh just like it's not interesting to see the story of Femto, or at least it's less interesting to uh, see the story of Femto and Guts if they are not the last you know, the last cycles, the god ends that's most uh, significant because they are finally going to achieve their ultimate goal, and, and blah blah blah. This blah. is
4: the setup for. This is just the guts saga of the Berserk franchise. I mean, uh, yeah. just a <laughs> setting up prequels more in the old age and more light novels incoming.
3: Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. Okay, you guys are kidding me here.
4: <laughs> the Next generation. Sinnoh so is the real the soft hero.
3: Reboot. That's how meta. It so is. yeah, the manga itself <laughs> is the meta. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, so what, what I meant is that basically I think, you know, it makes sense for Boyd to be, like, at the origin of it. Maybe not, I mean, the, the you know, idea of evil is always going to be that nibbles god, you know, lying down there with its schemes and stuff. But I think if there's ever going to be uh, a cool human to have been the first to become a member of the and to have uh, established it to have been at the origin of it, it would make more sense for me for it to be void than uh, Crystal Beard or, you know, the small dwarf (laughs) guy, you know, Barfer or Greener or whatever we call him. So because (laughs) these guys, you know. If there
4: was a former leader, though, Crystal Beard, he definitely looks like the type. Yeah. He was the old
3: school boss. He's, he's also pretty, if you look at the small shots uh, in the scene where uh, Geyser is farther away, he's also pretty tall. You know, like, like Void is super tall, but the crystal beard guy is also very, very tall. So, yeah, he's got the, um, the stature of a leader. It's like the,
4: it's like the presidency. <laughs> Whoever's taller wins. You know, that's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, pretty, pretty much. <laughs> oh,
2: man.
0: I do think, though, that their introduction and even the way that the shot was initially framed, I'm talking about the two page shot of the tentacles leaching up to the, the vortex is what it looks like, kind of framing a room. When they're at a distance, just at a glance, you're like, oh, wow, all five God hand. Oh, what? And you get to the page and you see that it's different. Yeah. You know, Mira knows what he's doing. He knows that we expect to see certain things and when we see something we don't. I think he's just trying to pull the rug up from under us. He's like, you thought you know what happened, but right. actually it, this different thing he happened. He was so
2: using like, the which, visual shorthand that we've been used to for the past 20 years right. or however long we yeah. you've been reading. Even and, though and those it,
4: silhouettes are a little different, they do kind of match the the basic mm-hmm. outline. Just different ones look like different sort of, uh, you know, yeah. counterparts yeah. or parallels. There's a fat
3: lines. one, a small one. Yeah. <laughs>
4: And two tall ones. I mean, the from in the shot of the distance, as you were noting, uh, the crystal beard guy is as tall as uh, Void. He kind of looks like Femto from a distance.
3: Yeah, you know? with a yeah. wingspan, you know, and if you look at his abs and pecs, I mean, he, he's been lifting <laughs> <Yeah>. up.
4: <laughs> How
0: much do you lift, Void?
3: <laughs> Void yeah, um, Void's got
4: that wiry muscle when you see his, his seven-foot arms come out.
3: <laughs> yeah, he's got rich.
4: Yeah
0: like Abraham Lincoln.
3: Um, <laughs> oh my god.
0: What did the, uh, okay, Griff, I don't think we um, I wanted to get your take on this as well, uh, because we actually I think we came to a form of consensus which is not what I expected. Uh, I I posed the question that you would well, answer to me. <laughs> Good. Thank God. Cuz we can have a conversation. Um, is this two memories or is this a single memory? Cuz you you would pose that to me and I was like no, it's one memory. Obviously, and then you said, "What about this?" I'm like, "Oh, that does make sense." Where do you think now?
4: I feel like it's two memories, but they could be not that far apart. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that's cheating, right there. I mean, uh, I mean, the thing where it it feels like two memories to me. It feels like two. We're seeing two different events, almost. You know, like, but it could also be that the second memory is the aftermath of what we're seeing here. And it would also be kind of a weird cheat if Mira was like, well, here's his death scene, but first, check it out. Other God hand. No, no reason to show this, but it's awesome. Uh, Mm. So yeah, that's why, that's what leads me to sort of have to think these have to be, you know, if they're two different moments that they're connected basically Mm -hmm. by the same event and that, you know, maybe we're seeing like the inside of the ceremony in the first part and then the second part it cuts to the aftermath and you know the world literally burning and yeah and skull knight seeing you know like oh you know i've lost everything
0: that's that's where i've landed as well is that when he when the scene did he kill those four
4: guys in between you know that time or did that happen yeah he swatted them down like
0: flies As skull knight has (laughs) always been able to (laughs)
4: Yeah, four in one stroke, uh, but yeah. yeah, I mean, it it, yeah. it just it Upside raises down. that question. Where I'm thinking like, is is this like the introduction of those guys, and that's sort of the beginning of the end for him? And then they have this, and then you know, I don't know, right after or later, there's this giant battle where four of them fall in the capital. Or whatever happened, and then, you know, but he realizes he's lost everything in the process, and, you know, including his Those life. Those
0: are equally compelling, honestly. Like, the way you've laid it out, that was kind of where I... That was my initial thing, but now I'm leaning more towards, as one complete sequence that Mira is showing us, one cataclysmic night that ends in these things. Um yeah. yeah, I mean, I agree. There's, there's a couple ways you could spin that story, for sure.
4: I also like um, the idea, because uh, Skull Knight's got this reputation, you know, for always basically interrupting ceremonies coming in at these, you know, vor- you know, these moments in time, these junctures in time, you know, like I threw out in the thread, like, you know, did some of these guys survive past this point, a number of years or cycles and get replaced, you know, one by one, or, you know, I mean, I don't know, were they, intru- basically, are we just seeing guys who mirror introduced just to let us know they're dead or, you know, will they, will they, did they have any other history beyond this or was this sort of the end of them?
3: I do think... I mean, they're probably... We're probably not going to see much more of them, honestly. Uh, I think... I don't think it's like spread out over 400 years where they fought and died and then he did this and that. I think... Probably, he came in and killed one, and then you know it happened yeah. again
4: 216 years
3: later. You know, yeah. yeah. And and since then he hasn't been able to kill any other one. I mean, that just feels <laughs> off to me. I, I think there was. I think the most likely well, is that it was. That,
4: uh, I'm, a, I'm a kind of. That was sort of my solution, though, is that he was killing the old one, so it wasn't just like Scully's been spinning his wheels for a thousand years. He's actually like, if he's been like making kind of incremental progress. Mm-hmm. while Void is, you know, sort of restocking. That, that, no. That's part of the, I, I, the motive behind it. I don't really have any
0: yet. evidence against so it. That's,
4: I mean, and it's it's something, it's kind of the era we know the least about, the thousand years in between. Mm-hmm. We We, you know, we've got Zod. We've got that 300-year checkpoint, you know, when he started, you know, when he came into the world. But other than that... It's like, what what has been going on other than God hand ceremonies every 216 years? And what was Scully doing at them to be, co- to be recognized as their greatest enemy? Or was it just like, oh yeah, this guy was our enemy a thousand years ago, but you know, we've pretty much got him at bay. <laughs> you know, he just hasn't been able to do much, so I, mean, I don't know.
0: We know a few things, just by process of elimination, what Ubik says at the end of the eclipse was that he didn't expect Skull Knight to appear like hmm. that. During the mm. junction of time, yeah, uh, which you know, which means he hasn't done that that often. He hasn't played that card that often. Uh, burst through the sun so magnificently as he did. He can't do that every two hundred sixteen years. Or they're just going to all point. Oh yeah, there he is again. There he is again.
2: Yeah,
1: real Vince Vaughn of eclipses. Yeah, you
3: can't do it every time. <laughs> I, I do think you make a good point, Griff. And I think you know it's not it's not stupid to think he might have killed a few of them before. Um, and, and we know, like for example, when, when he goes into the eclipse. Zod is waiting for him there, and he says it's because he knew he would come. So it also makes sense uh, right. and then th- Femto that later
4: has that line to the point that he even incorporated it into his plan. You know, like yeah, like, exactly. You
3: know. mm-hmm. sure. So, but yeah, at the same time, when he attacks them, they don't seem faced Honestly, that's the thing. Is I'm not going to say they seem to make fun of him. Uh, it's not like Gus where they are openly mocking him, you know. But uh, they, they don't seem – they're not afraid. They're, you know, they're you know what I mean?
4: appropriately detached for like <laughs> – for being – Yeah, kind of e-
3: exactly. I mean I mean, even Void's
0: response, he doesn't even have to move. Yeah. He just summons this, you know, what do you call it, reflection thing.
3: Yeah, the see climb bottle the directing
0: portal, yeah clan bottle thank you
3: gives him the
4: gives him the mutumbo finger wag after but that, that's about
0: <laughs> <it>. <laughs> well now we know that knowing glance shared between them is not just fan you know introspection it's it's legit there is a legit
4: too. I, I, I still i love the knowing glance between like two faces that don't move <laughs>
0: like. it's the panel that's the way the panels are drawn
4: I know, I know. I mean, it's it's real. Um, I mean, he showed their faces, and they're looking at each other pr- for that purpose. But it's just a it's just a funny thing. Like we, Skull Knight has you know he's he is expressive at times, even though he shouldn't be. The lighting makes
0: him expressive.
4: Right, right. You know, like his eyes will look different. You know, almost like he's like like he's making a face, even though it's just you know theoretically that's just like the front of the armor he's wearing.
0: Yeah. Boy, um. I'm trying to think of where else to go. You know, we haven't talked about these furry little dudes yeah. yet. I what do have
3: the to say about pro- them. Proto-apostles. Um, I mean, come on. Yeah.
0: I have to think that they are a kind of apostle. I don't think it's human apostles. Okay. I think
3: that we, haven't done, we haven't done one thing before that. He's, uh, who's our okay. favorite uh, member of the proto Gohan. hand. Oh, man.
0: Oh, I mean, it's big mouth for me.
3: Yeah, I gotta agree. I love him. <laughs> he <likes laughs> he's him. just so cute. Uh, I like Stretch because he's just
4: so simple. He looks like a lamp.
3: <laughs> Which one is Stretch? Is that the small guy? Oh, you no, mean uh...
4: some... oh, so... the oh yeah, the one that's both like you know. Basically, he looks like his face is a mouth, but you know, of course, is you know, resembling a vagina as well. But with mm-hmm. but he also it kind of looks like an eye, even though it's not.
1: Yeah. I call him uh. Sauron's internship because he's just just getting started. He's like, how am I gonna? What's my look? You know. I like yeah. uh, what's my
2: angle
0: it's definitely not just a mouth uh, there's definitely something else going on
3: yeah I mean I think he's obviously uh, a, like a he's uh, the, those of well, our reference I like he's almost
4: like the yeah. weirdest one of all oh, of them sure. just because he's he's simple but he's also completely bizarre
0: cannot eat food just fucking helpless no arms <laughs> no legs can't do any. Oh, just just put his face down in some mashed potatoes. <laughs> you know,
4: yeah, he's got a spine, so like he could bend down and eat a banana, for example, or you know, oh uh, my goodness, it's like a, a giraffe. <laughs> <laughs> There's
0: nowhere yeah. for that banana to go. There's no intestines.
4: And other than wow. that, I also right. like Zeus just because he looks totally different. Like, even his color scheme is, you know, sort of the opposite <laughs> of what you expect. He spends time. Yeah, yeah. Like I wonder tripping, if color
2: so. illustrations will ever be available for, A, the regular God Hand, or B, these guys. Because this guy on the left kind of looks like he would be, like, a almost like a, a crystal color. Like, not what you'd right. expect mm-hmm. for God Hand. Or he could yeah. be. Or he could, yeah, he looks,
4: yeah, like he could be crystalline. And also he looks like almost on his shoulders, it looks kind of like bone you know yeah yeah who knows but it's also he's got that muscle you know as well on the chest so yeah he'd be interesting he could be i don't know i was thinking yeah he looks to me in my mind he looks crystalline but it's like he could be red or something one of these ruby red
2: yeah that would be really cool i have Hmm. to say he's probably my favorite or miss on the right i like the lady yeah she's she's also pretty cool she's very different but also similar they're they're all pretty cool yeah
3: yeah, she like, does. She does have that uh, slant vibe, you know. Yeah,
2: but where slay is kind of naked, she's like overdressed, you know. Yeah, she's exactly. Yeah, coat on,
3: <laughs> but she's got that uh, say, sultry face, you know. I mean, I don't yeah. know. So the only other thing hmm. too was
4: she looks like she's like in fashion, like she's wearing that outfit, you know, on the like she's walking, you know, yeah, the red carpet. She's, or she's
2: in. Yeah, she looks like Lady Gaga in that bubble dress she wore that one time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> or the, uh, the villain from, um, gosh, what was it? Angelina Jolie played her. I, I can't. Oh, yeah, Malefic- yeah. She looks like
3: Maleficent. That's oh, it. yeah.
1: It is, yeah. That's what, I, yeah, that's what came horns. to mind for yeah. me, which I thought was a pretty clear inspiration.
3: But
4: Which is kind of a this... really cool traditional, like, you know, matriarchal, like, witch kind of. It brings to mind, you know, this mm-hmm. sort of powerful. Uh,
3: yeah, she does of, look uh, matriarchal. Romantic. I, I... When I looked at them, you know, they, they seemed like, I don't know why, why I saw that, but they evoked, uh, you know, at Geyser's court, what would these guys have been, you know, their roles. And she looks like a kind of, uh, you know, religious order, uh, matriarch, you know, and uh, the small guy with a big grin looks like a, a court jester to me. The tall guy with a beard looks like, like, I don't know, some military guy. It's just so tired. They all have these specific er airs about them, I'd say. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. the little guy
2: looks like he's wearing a harlequin. Exactly, yeah.
1: Like Voss, I think that was his name, right? Yeah.
4: (laughs) So you've got, (laughs) like, you basically got an entire operating backstory here where, I mean, I feel bad for Geiseric, where he really would be a fool if, like, his entire court basically. (laughs) <laughs> Walks well, over and
3: become like these evil guys. So where? So I've I'm posted some giant essay about you it know. It would make sense why like they would
4: recreate his empire. Yeah, you know, in ex- a sense, like what's the fetish there with the the empire of the guy they overthrew? I mean, yeah. unless, unless they were part of it.
3: Yeah, and I was saying so I, I wrote this big thing where I laid out that. You know, there's a kind of symmetry which Walter talked about earlier in this podcast between uh, Guts and Geyseric. You know, Guts and Griffiths, Geyseric and Boyd. And um, it kind of parallels each other's stories, but, with you know, it's twisted. There's a difference uh, where, you know, Griffiths was a conqueror. Geyseric was a conqueror. Griffiths was the one who betrayed and branded. Geyseric was the one who was betrayed and branded. And when you think about the fact um, Griffiths, you know, he sacrificed his men, you know, he sacrificed them. He, you know, betrayed all of them, mm-hmm. his followers. And wouldn't it make sense for the reverse to have happened to geiseric where all the people close to him were the one who betrayed him and he and his empire were destroyed and his, you know, woman was sacrificed as well by the people who were close to him and not just his right hand man, but also, you know, the others, his other l- lieutenants. So just a thought I had. Yeah,
1: there's, there's definitely the main yeah. difference is that sort of the twist of the power dynamics between the two parallel like characters. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I was wondering right. about it's that echo too. echo of history. Mm-hmm.
4: Well, and do we also did, was there perhaps a chance that, you know, this was either something that he was also looking into, but before deciding against it, or that he was offered to be a part of, you know, like he was, you know, he was one of the guys, you know, it's Gazeric, he's our conqueror. He's the man. But he didn't want any part of it, and so it was sort of cast down.
3: Well, I mean, I do think uh, I do think he had a disagreement with uh, right. these guys. I mean, at least with Void. The way I, I mean, the like, way I, is Griffith
4: and Femto mocking him, or is it like basically trying to restore him, but you know, with the program?
3: Yeah, I think it's uh, it's kind of a cheap copy. You know, it's uh, oh we've made our own version. We don't need you anymore uh yeah. that's why they even overtook his city you know all that stuff they're recreating his story so i think there's an element of that i also think obviously I don't
4: think you're pissy scully going to falconia being like look at that they took my half moon and just made it a-,
3: <laughs> a bunch of <laughs> <shit with> feathers <laughs> over it so yeah so i i do think they had a disagreement you know if uh void was like his right hand man he's uh Advisor, tactician, whatever. Uh, he must have been also an architect of building the empire. He must have been very dear to him. And uh, as we know uh, from history, uh, the king and the king's uh, most trusted advisors often uh, come to uh, a disagreement. And usually the advisor gets uh, his head cut off. But, you know.
2: And to follow what you're saying, as if the kingdom was so dear to him, it would make sense that he would sacrifice them all.
3: Yep, exactly. That's also one of the things is that in order for it to be a sacrifice, it would need to, uh, you know, make sense, it would need to be dear to him. Same for Geyseric, same for the woman, same for everything. It's not like he would just, eh, I'll just sacrifice these guys and get his power from it. As he explained himself and they all explain uh, throughout the manga, you, you need to actually really care deeply about what you're sacrificing.
4: Have you thought of any scenario? Because I mean, I don't have it. I just have some scraps of ideas. I don't have anything this deep. Uh, where Gazeric was the one doing the sacrificing, but for some alternative purpose.
3: Nah, no, not really. I mean, okay. <clears throat> you know, um, Boyd is the one who casts the brand, as far as we know. So even if even if we consider a strange alternate version where he was a new guy. So let's say Crystal Beer was the one casting the brand, everything like that. In any case, you know, uh there's an established order of things. Uh for Geyseric to offer something as a sacrifice, and for him to still get fucked, that doesn't make sense. Because you all, you know, like you offer something as a sacrifice in exchange for power, that's how so it works. So I can't uh, think of any any possible scenario where he would get screwed. Um uh, you know.
4: So the genesis of this is if somehow Basically, if it was a way to separate, you know, I'm looking at the large brand of fire there, and I'm connecting it with the sacrifice we see later, which you know, to many people, you know, like symbolized the end of that world, and you know, the coming of a new one with Griffith's incarnation, and it just makes me wonder how that connects, where because you know, presumably the God Hand weren't trying to separate the worlds, but you know, the good guys would be, you know, their opposition mm-hmm. to them, Gazrick and his followers. So I'm trying to think if there was some way. You know, he could turn, you know, basically turn it on them if that was his desire. But I don't know, because it doesn't work that way. There's, you know, you you have to do some fan fiction in there to make that work. But, I mean, it, it did kind of work that way before to the opposite effect. And Wait, we, so... have seen, we have seen the God Hand get, like, denied, you know, in a sense with the Count. So I'm wondering if he could have somehow oh, done Oh, good. We're something... talking
0: about causality now. Good, good, good because
3: <laughs> that's a that's a, that's so, a turn so the
4: page topic if this somehow a way to to separate the worlds to foil them in the long run or at least make them have to wait a thousand years and uh-huh. get back to this point but i have but one again,
3: i i was just gonna say go i think that i think you made a good point and uh, i'm sorry walter i'll let you turn the page after that but you know one of the questions is what did they get that's that's one of the you know very big questions of this is what was it getting? Um, you know, we see that all five, you know, members of whatever this, you know, proto-Gonan was already exist. Uh, what did they get by sacrificing, you know, not just guys or woman, but the Empire? Um, so, you know, one of the possibilities is that by sacrificing, they became what, you know, we see there, these five, you know, creatures. And that's how they became such creatures, because they just sacrificed and just became this you know, they were just hatched. So that's a possibility. Um, and the other possibilities, I have no idea. So I don't think well. <laughs> it makes sense for it to be uh, an incarnation because we're first we see these five guys and they're not being incarnated. So, you know, that's, uh, right. that's kind of a problem. And then the wars presumably were already merged. So there was no real need for that. As Walter, as a... We speculated before uh, in the thread, uh, they likely had a lot of uh, more maneuvering uh, margins that they do now, you know, the God Hands. They could do things that they can do now, probably with that word, and, and did not need to, you know, um, go around the corners. They were not as constrained as they currently are or were before uh, they, were, they
4: were on the ground before. They, yeah. they could operate like, you know, yeah, like a, they were mm-hmm. like any piece on the
3: board, and this kind of took them off. Yeah, but we yeah, uh, yeah we we don't know exactly what they got uh, by this sacrifice. So yeah, I mean, I, if, if we're talking about
0: if their sacrifice was the kingdom and the kingdom was burned to the ground, what they effectively did was remove this obstacle from them, and the obstacle was a, a human kingdom, very powerful, very influential, spanned the <laughs> continent, that was also allied with the power. Yeah, land. but but it sunk that completely. I mean, I agree. So then okay, go ahead. So then, I mean, you, you know where I'm going with this, which is that if they want to rebuild a world in, in in a way that they have more control over it, that was ground zero for them. They can begin arranging the continent in a way that is most beneficial to them, starting with ostracizing magic users, pushing them off the continent onto a little tiny island by themselves, making humans rely on their kind of power through subtle manipulations of causality over a thousand years, getting to this point here. But that's a thousand year plan. What did they plan Tuesday after this sacrifice. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, I think they were I think they were wiped out. I think a big magical war ensued following this that led to four of them being offed. I think we can't disregard the fact that the great gurus are out there and that there's lots of magical users back then as well. They wouldn't stand for this kind of stuff happening to humanity mm. probably. Right? So Yeah. I think that's what's not brought up yet.
3: You know, pragmatically I would say um they must have, I don't think at that point in time, you know, they're sacrificing the empire, uh, in exchange for something. And I don't think the something they're getting is like, oh, we'll plan something out for, you know, over a hundred years later, a thousand years later. I think mm-hmm. they wanted something right now to get control right now, achieve something, you know, very soon afterwards. And obviously, The five of them uh, rules the world or whatever. Uh, And they were uh, thwarted by the magic users, the forces of good. There was a big battle. They were destroyed or something of of the sort. But my point is, I don't think at that point that sacrifice was part of a thousand years plan. I think the thousand years plan came after they were defeated. Uh, What makes sense to me is, Uh, They maneuvered around Geyseric, many manipulated him. Uh, They managed to get what they wanted. They got that power. The empire was ruined in that process, but they didn't care because it suited their means and they knew they could you know, still, I don't know, get more power, manipulate humans, whatever. They could still do what they needed to do and wanted to do afterwards. But then they were opposed by a force and four of them were destroyed and void. Because, you know, good guys also split the words apart, was kind of sealed away. And then he had to use uh, causality and, you know, uh, more devious ways to go around all these constraints, create apostles, create, you know, new members of the God Hand, rebuild the team, and prepare for his eventual victory, which is happening soon. I love it. I love
0: it. And I'll tell you why. It's like it's a classic... Like uh, uh evil wizard that he was too powerful to be defeated. They had to scatter his form yeah. to a thousand places, right? And then over a thousand years, he was able to reassemble. That, well, it
2: reads that. very much like Tolkien.
0: Yeah, Or Conan. I was thinking of Conan. They
3: had to literally tears the world apart to yeah. stop him from overtaking it, which is, you know, that's a testament to how cool he is. And you look at look at that, you know, uh, at that page where you see them up close. He does look like an evil wizard. I mean, he does look like that, and he speaks like that as well. Unlike what you'd get in a uh, Darkos's translation, <laughs> 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 he does. He speaks very authori- authoritatively, and he's very, you know, he, yeah, I mean, that, that's just his character.
0: It's incredible to me that we were able to draw so much, really just from two, four, six, eight, ten pages. Really, it's just like eight pages. Uh, not even Count, count two-page spreads is more like four pages. Um, and we haven't even covered everything yet. We're, we're grounding the hour now, and I don't want to lose anybody. So I wanted to jump real quick to these furry little dudes, the God-hands version of Ewoks. Coming <laughs> on the tentacles here. Now, yeah, we sort of brushed on it real quickly, and yeah you naturally think apostles, particularly because of the arrangement of the scene is kind of like the eclipse where Iseric is running towards the God hand and he's stopped or intervened by these dudes that don't look human at all, but, you know, neither do apostles. Are they apostles? They uh, look sort of are like they something.
4: these primordial weak? little, you know, I I mean, you know, if you go back and look at the eclipse ceremony, there are stylistic shots that look kind of similar to this, where it's like, you know, you, you can't tell where one you know, monster ends and another begins. And there's a couple of moments in the series, you know, that are like that. So I don't know if it's that and we're, you know, kind of uh, not reading too much into it. But, you know, maybe because, I mean, they're not all furry all over. You see one as sort of like there's a crab arm. So Mm in my default interpretation is that, you know, these are some sort of, you know, early primordial apostles you know they might even be changing as we're looking at them you know like they come they're crawling out looking all furry and then you see ones that have you know like sp- spines on them and spikes and weird little uh you know crab arms and things and so so I don't know I don't, I don't I I do think they're like some sort of primordial apostles
2: yeah and I think that like you guys were saying the rules as we know them clearly don't apply back in the day so maybe they were trying to drum up their numbers, and and maybe well, they did it, things or, differently.
4: Or these were all people that got killed in this ceremony happening, and they sort of instantly became, mm-hmm. you know, apostles. You know, like these yeah. were if mm-hmm. going with like as is sort of like court. You know, these could have been other people in the kingdom mm. that just you know got turned into monsters with this whole giant sacrifice. You know, like has never been seen. And that's why there's a brand on the world, you know, that time. Because it's basically, if it's the, you know, beginning of the God Hand. Mm -hmm.
0: I think the other one I was thinking about was that because this is such a long time ago, presumably before the worlds had um, been separated... That they are astral creatures that have been tainted some way, oh, possibly well, by evil power.
4: And I mean, I brought it up in the third, they're also like the Ganishka monsters too, like where he'd step right. on the the soldiers and they it, very similar, they turned into monsters. It could have been the same thing with these tentacles, killing people, mm-hmm. and then their blood forms into, you know, these monsters and immediately
3: yeah. attack. Yeah, totally. I agree, and um... One thing that is interesting is if you look at them, there's a few of them that look very much alike. You know, there's a like you see there's one that's got a kind of I forgot the name for it, but especially uh, at the
4: first the top of the two page
3: spread. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Looks like these
4: weird furry dudes. The
3: first two panels, especially, uh, there's a bunch of them that look very very close uh, to one another, like sloths, like evil sloths. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So I think I agree that. they, they clearly are, you know, proto-apostles, apostle-like creatures, um, but the question is whether they were created using, you know, the uh, uh, summoning the god you know, sacrificing someone. I think that's the part that's not so sure. And uh, I would say probably not. I don't think all of these guys... It could
4: also tie into, like, maybe it was this easy for them to create apostles at that point but when the worlds got separated you had to go through this whole you know all this yep. fucking red tape mm-hmm. you know and mm. like get them to join exactly yeah.
1: <laughs> god had god yeah, bureaucracy just got really out of yeah. control
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> gotta fill it. out all that paperwork
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah what,
2: uh, is your key red, your red? no desire <laughs> yeah
0: Causality requires you to basically be like raised by them. All the different life decisions leading to a certain point, so they can go, "Oh, you want to be an apostle? Well, guess what? You're on the list." And <laughs> maybe back then it's just like, "Oh yeah, you and you." It's like Oprah. Everybody gets to be an apostle. Yeah, you and you and you. <laughs> yeah, um, you're an apostle. But also, the you're eye. An apostle. I mean, this is just like the trademark symbol of the apostles. That if you look at their pupil, it, it looks like this. That has the oval, the vertical oval shape of the pupil
3: well that's kind of a monster eye anyway yeah sure like the but it's
0: also an apostle eye
3: like the
4: goat it reminds me um, of the goat actually mm-hmm. the proto the quasi apostle whichever whatever you want yeah, it's a quasi apostle
0: yeah well yeah that's the other thing it could have been, qu- it been a little pseudos maybe pseudo god hand things <laughs> um
4: they're they're, they're the mirror, other it's it's Mira mirror- town they're mirror monsters <laughs> just coming for you
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're crap people now, um where was it? Oh, yeah, I wanted to ask you guys this: What did Hanard get out of this little little demonstration here when he banged on the chest and what did what's the effect here?
3: One thing I find interesting is that um he's clearly like in case we didn't know yet, he's clearly some kind of magic smith, you know magic blacksmith where with one hit of his armor, he activates the armor. Another hit on some chains, he makes them uh, restrain guts. And with a third hit, he initiates um, the memories, you know, uh, fr- from the, the blood that has stained it for my, so many years.
4: My takeaway is that he's kind of a dick, too. <laughs> like, you know, some pa- he's pulling some power moves, and then it's like, he's oh, I just, I just wanted to show him the last guy dying in the armor. <laughs> you know, It's like, okay, <laughs> thanks, buddy.
0: It was a real, like, I mean, honestly, like, like a, that escalated quickly kind of moment because Guts is just telling him, like, yeah, thanks for this armor. It's really saved my ass a couple times. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let me see if it still and works. Oh,
4: you like it, huh? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, I think the answer is that he's showing him the potential cost of using the armor. Of right?
4: course.
0: It led to him. Yeah, his because death. he didn't yeah. expect, he even right.
1: says right before that, he's like, oh, well, I didn't really expect to see both of, you know. The Skull Knight, yes. and also somebody else. How could I have expected to see this Wearing again? wearing his threads, you know. So let me show you what's <laughs> up, buddy. Boom, and uh,
4: <laughs> yeah. I I do like that. Guts gets that moment where like the chains are breaking, and the, and Hannah's like, oh shit, <laughs> you know. <it's> like, <laughs> he kind of forgot. He goes from being sort of the one that knows what's going on to <laughs> <so> like, oh, <laughs> a little unexpected.
0: Yeah, I kind of joked about it the last podcast. It's just like imagine Han- imagining Hanar being like, "Oh shit, I made a fucked up here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I might have hit the wrong guy with the wrong armor."
3: Another wrong thing guy. I found interesting is that uh, Hanar doesn't seem to be able to like uh, deactivate the armor. You know, he activates it, but once it's done, it's a uh, Gatlin who like raises up his uh, wand and is like, "All right, is it done? Should I should I do the thing?" And then Shiruke, you know, gets in. And she does, you know, she de- deactivates it uh, before he can do. But I-, I wonder if he just wasn't playing to zap guts, pretty much, just like you know, blast him off so that he could get out of the of the thing. So I just found that interesting. Mm-hmm.
4: And did they put him into death mode, <laughs> like with the black eyes and just like you know, he's basically unconscious. It looks like. Well, you know, I mean, that's something. I we mean, t- we didn't talk did about Gus actually. Experience
3: death. Yeah, pr- yeah, pretty yeah, much. So. Geyseric died, so he's at, you know... And that's what he says in the,
0: the text, which we don't have a, a full translation of, is basically Guts saying, that was for sure the end. Mm. And then Skull Knight talks about that was the death of the foolish king, or the end of the foolish king. Mm. So, yeah, he, this was Geyseric's death, and because Guts was experiencing it, that's why the eyes go black, and then Guts looks really shocked well, it's in- thinking about It's
3: this. interesting because, you know, from the beginning, Guts was warned about the danger of the armor, but he you know he's been ignoring it and i wonder if finally this actually seeing and experiencing uh the, you know skull death in the armor will you know make him realize it's not it's not a joke and he can just you know shrug it off but so far that's pretty much what he's been doing he's been, ah, yeah sure i'll manage ah, whatever whatever
0: it's just so hard for me to imagine gus be like well that sounds like it's potentially let's, a uh, problem i better take let's this take this on, off
4: you know <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, Gus would just be like, yeah, no, no. Let me on fire again. Cause that worked. <laughs> look, look at,
3: look at his, look at his face though. As, as it, you know, comes out uh, of the scene, he looks pretty shook.
0: I think guys, I didn't lay on it too heavy on the episode, but like, uh, I think he might've, this guy, Zirik might have caused yeah. this. Might've caused the death of the woman. Skull Knight has said over and over and yeah. over, be wary of the armor. Uh, and the whole purpose of the armor is that it makes the person go crazy, right? Striking friend and foe alike, that's always been a constant threat. But we've never seen that check get cashed ever. Shirke comes in and rescues Guts at the last minute. It's always not a problem, right?
4: I agree with that. I had that same thought because just the way we see it set up, where we sort of see, you know, first we see Guts reaching out violently, and then in his hand, when he's doing that motion, she appears... And I mean, this could actually be the transition if we're going to, you know, with the two memory theory where uh, and then she's just in the arms sort of it looks like she's reaching out to him. And uh, yeah, that could be like his sword could be going through her abdomen for all we know. And that's what he's coming to and realizing what he's done. And that's when he kind of dies, you know, in very romantically in the sense that it's not just because he's bleeding out, but he's allowing himself to bleed out because, you know, he's lost everything.
0: Right, I just think that it would make sense for that to come back around and not just be an idle threat, but something that actually you know fundamentally changed. You know, it could
3: could be at the same time. There's also the whole um, you know deal with this kind of like warning guts that he can't both pursue his revenge and protect uh, Uh, Casca, and and I think you know that also it would also make sense that he thought he could do both. And by actually just leaving her and going to fight, uh, you know, he couldn't protect her and she died. And, and, you know, for him to be blaming himself just for letting her die. I, I think the, uh, killing her with the armor is also a cool idea. But uh, basically, I think both are, are pretty cool. I would be fine with both, with either of them. I'm glad you mentioned that.
4: And do we think Shirke is going to have an extra insight that maybe Guts and Scully, like, she, she would be, she would say something neither of them would, potentially. Not, I'm not saying specifically what that is, but that she could bring something up that, the, that, you know, they're going to avoid because they, like, you know, are strong silent types. Because mm. she, she saw Gazric. That's all we know, is that she when she grabbed the armor, she saw the way it used to look, and she saw Gazrick. She was present with it. We don't know what else she saw. But, I mean, I don't think it's a coincidence oh, that at the end, in that final panel, like, when he's talking, it's both of them looking at him. And, uh, you know, sort of reacting. So I feel like there's at least a chance that she saw the end there as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Because of the eye shadow right there in the top left frame.
4: Yeah. No.
0: I think it's just the astral representation.
4: And she's she's looking at the armor and how it's different. And you can actually see she's grabbing the ears, but they're not there in that shot. It's actually really cool how he uh, synced that up. Yeah. yeah I- that is interesting.
0: I didn't notice that. That's cool. Yeah, and she's, you I know. know think her- okay, I think it's Guts realizing. Sherke there, and she's pulling him out.
4: Yeah. Well, I mean, it, yeah, in the the second one, but in the one above that, it's like her eyes are open, and it's like she realizes, you know, she's seeing, she's seeing something, you know, she's seeing something. She's
1: in the astral sort of projection that she would normally go to, like when she went to go find Gut's soul. You know. Because yeah, you back. see, mm-hmm. you see
4: her grabbing him in the real world. You see her in the astral world, or in, you know. And her eyes are open and it's it's, uh, Gazric. And then you see her again with her eyes closed, you know. So it'll just be interesting to see if anything more comes of that. Or if it was just showing us the nuts and bolts
3: of her Mm -hmm. pulling him out. Yeah. I also think Guts might reflect on what he saw later on, uh, giving us another shot, you know. Like we saw that shot in this episode. Maybe in the next one, he himself, think back to what he saw. And we'll see, like you said, like maybe a sword, uh, you know, gut or something like that
0: only thing yeah I feel like this is probably the the uh it's a great transition for the next part of the story and the question is who's gonna tell that part of the story I feel like skull Knight has a lot of explaining to do and he's just gonna give him the perfect opportunity to do that gotta
4: go uh, see you later guys skull see Knight business. Ya. <laughs> that
0: was fucked up I'm out of here uh yeah I mean like but the, the thing is there's other people that can say more about that time as well because we're in a place G- with Danon, guts and
4: guts is gonna say well, now you got to explain to me. And then he's just going to see like a portal closing and be like, God damn it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) He's just going to
1: cut. He's just going to cut a portal and be like, I'm out. You know, I think the, the, the thing too, that uh, I'm most interested in finding out is okay. So in that final panel where you see, you know, sort of Shirka in the, in the astral plane, sort of in that transition, um, it looks like he's dead, you know, in that, in that moment. Um, Mm-hmm. Who and and they mention a little bit. Uh, Hanar mentioned sort of. He he sort of makes fun of of Skull Knight, saying like, "In rattling uh, you're in rattling in your coffin." So it's kind of like, okay, if he actually died in this moment, you know, how did that transition happen into the skull yeah. armor? Big question. And so that's what I'm most interested in seeing because who rescues Geyseric in this moment when guys when Skull Knight. Red, uh rescued Guts and Casca in the in the eclipse originally. So I'm curious about what parallel happens there and that transition. there's
4: actually like a a physical element to it yeah. possibly. Because like what if they like removed basically the blood, like or at least, you know, most of it. So that you know, other than just like sort of a spiritual kind of ceremony where like his his essence or whatever is put into the skull knight armor. Mm-hmm. If there was actually like some sort of physical element where, you know, they did it with the blood as well. I don't know.
3: Uh,
0: I don't think we've been that far off. We've talked about this a number of times over the years. Like I think the essence of the Skull Knight is basically he's a specter that refused to go on and his armor allows the specter to basically be trapped. Well,
3: I mean, yeah, spirits, the specters might be a bit – you know unflattering for him you know he's one of these
4: guys (laughs) so he's not like so Is more accurate so he keeps him from being a fucking monster
3: (laughs) yeah i i think so Go, go ahead walter just,
0: I'm thinking, yeah, a Spectre is someone who's basically been, like, twisted or turned by their death into their monster. What I mean is, he basically refused to go on. And I'm imagining maybe they haul the armor back to Elfhelm, and his spirit is basically, they've noticed that the spirit has refused to move on.
3: Yeah. It's just uh, a persistent spirit. I think, so, it's probably, like, two things. Either the... Like, his uh, spirit uh, stayed tied to his corpse, not unlike uh, the cushions we see hanged in Britannis that show, okay, you know, let's go. Uh, So they just hold off his corpse and uh, do the transfer, you know, from the physical dead body to the empty armor. Or maybe something more elaborate where they have to go and get him from the astral world and uh getting, you know, encasing in that uh, new armor to, to prevent him. And one of the things I mentioned in the, I forgot previous, you know, two or three podcasts is uh once we knew about the diamonds, uh, was, he, uh, was he special? And uh, was he one of these beings and did that facilitate encasing in, in the armor or was he just a regular dead soul? And just because of his indomitable will uh, they could encase him in the armor.
0: I was just about to disregard that out of hand, saying like, "Well, that'd be a quick transfer." He's like, "He's a diamond for like what five minutes," and then they go, "No, no, no, that's a fresh diamond. Put that in the armor." But like, what if the Skull Knight, as we know, really was more of a recent thing? Maybe, maybe several hundred years had passed before his soul from from becoming a diamond was fused to the arm uh,
3: I, I, th- I, I think they probably put him in the armor pretty quickly afterwards pretty But yeah well I mean who knows of course but um, you know the whole idea of him is that he's been alive for a thousand years so if he's just 600 years you know it's just it's what we, we've talked about it before of those
4: years it's I was it. like kind of you know <laughs> took a hike yeah. just partying it's you just, a, know.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's just just like not it. as cool you know island living <laughs>
4: Well you know what would be interesting is if he was gonna cross over, but because of the brand, his woman did not. And there was nothing for him, you know, to go to move on to essentially. That all his people well, had been That's actually
3: a days. very good point. If he was branded, there's no diamonds, there's no bullshit like that, it's just straight off to the vortex. So I didn't I didn't ask that question. Is Geyser mm. branded? Probably. I think
0: I think, yes. I think it's more complicated if he's not, because the whole kingdom was, and his woman,
3: but not him. (laughs) He got cucked. Say, Brandon, everyone but him. I don't care about you, bitch. (laughs) Who's to say he had to be
1: branded in the ceremony, right? Because that could be considered in, I don't know, uh, a different type of torture for him in some ways that he wouldn't have, I don't know, he wouldn't be able to be, to
0: or he wasn't as important enough. Right, in, so, in a way. Really, now, it's he, like
4: a slight. And has, and has he transcended the brand, essentially?
3: I, I don't think so. And, you know, when uh, when the apostles come uh, for Flora in Volume 26, them. yeah, he feels that they're coming. So it could be, I don't know, his spectral sense. But he sense. Also
4: doesn't have – do you think he just has an incredible will? Because, yeah, it could be striking at him, yeah. um, you know. Like I, what we I saw think with – With guts, you know, the wound Uh, from Slan was, you know, it cuts to the core of his astral being. So the brand, Mm. theoretically, would do that, too. So he should still be feeling, you know, sort of that kind of pain, maybe in the presence of, uh, like, going into that ceremony. Mm. The eclipse ceremony could have been like hell
3: for him. I think, you know, I, I think he's still, so he's basically, his soul is still promised to the Vortex, so if the armor was broken, he would go there and uh, have a pretty unpleasant time, but I think because he has no more flesh, and that armor is magical, and, you know, probably he has some protections and stuff, he doesn't feel the uh, side effects, I mean, the, you know, negative effects of it, probably, that's my just my guess.
4: Yeah. This whole conversation, particularly the one about if they had immediately transferred his, you know, essence or you know soul into the Skull Knight armor from the other one gave me this funny image of, like, Hanar like Frankenstein lifting up, you know, the Skull armor, you know, on those <laughs> chains until, it, until it's alive. Yeah. yeah.
3: Could be. That'd I mean, be I moment. hope we get to see it, honestly. Yeah, I hope we get to see it. It's going to be pretty cool, especially if it's not... Like, what if it's just some standard armor and also takes the skull shape? You know, you see the spikes growing, and it's like,
2: Ugh! Yeah. Right. Oh, man.
4: I was thinking that, too. Like, did they design this armor to look like it for him, or was it another case of, you know, once they put his spirit into it, it took the shape?
3: Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. I mean, I think that it would be cooler if it took the shape. Just, you yeah. know, I mean, anything that can make him more badass, I'm, I'm for it. That'd be more consistent yeah, with the, the, the might be Berserker
1: armor anyway, right? Because the... Of the, yeah. the mm-hmm. beast of darkness shape, I feel like I feel like it is. It, it's molded in his image, you know, with the spikes and the
2: the look. Yeah,
4: I feel yeah. like it's just funny that Hanar took it this far with this memory because I mean it was already like, hey, yeah, that's the armor you wear after you wear that
3: armor. <laughs> you know, the armor. That kills you.
4: <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're getting to, you're getting to see your future. <laughs>
3: Yeah. I gotta get me one of those. Well, I mean, I mean, Gus would probably just be like, "Yeah, yeah, sure. This guy died. Uh, I won't. I'm not. You know, it won't happen to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure. You saved me that time and that other time and I guess this other time. But next time, I'll be. I'll do it by myself. That's pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty much what <laughs> yeah, Gus has been saying. How are
4: you, you had to save me again.
3: Next time, I won't let it happen. Sure, uh, I almost died four times, but the fifth time, oh, I won't.
0: I'll have this girl around, too. This 13-year-old girl. She always helps. No, magical girls
1: (laughs) always help out. You didn't didn't have have that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, 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 that's why why I don't think this
4: is going to change Guts' outlook. You know, at least as far as wearing the armor is concerned.
0: That's why I thought... If a, if it actually is that Geiseric ended up killing his woman, I think that would probably come across pretty strong. Yeah, you know what?
4: That's that's a good point. That that would be the one thing to make him go, oh shit, you know, yeah, gotta... yeah. yeah. But at the but same if she time, was a collateral
0: damage. Then... I feel
4: like he's just gonna pivot from, oh, it's fine, uh, you know, I'll be fine. too. I don't have any other choice, cause you know. But maybe yeah. again, we could see him put the armor down, and then we have another inciting incident. So it makes she, him put it back I on. I
0: think that's likely. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's We're kind of at the dilemma that we were when we arrived at this scene, which is basically what could they conceivably do regarding the armor that would change the scenario where it is a danger to him to wear it, and yet it is yeah. required because of what he faces. Like, I don't know that he solves that riddle just with this memory. It mm-hmm. just makes him take it more seriously, I guess.
4: Yeah. yeah I, 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 I would seem- go to Hanar. It's like, so you made these two armors. Can you make a third armor that doesn't kill you but makes you stronger? Can (laughs) you eh, I mean that's what's cool about it, right?
1: There has to be risk though. If there's no risk, there's
3: no tension. And Yep.
4: What if the armor Okay, the armor makes me impotent, but I,
3: I get the <laughs> you know? well, he's not getting any anyway, so...
4: Yeah, you know, it's like, I don't need that.
3: That might actually be a bonus, you know, less risk I'm for Casca. I'm an
4: old man, I'm like 20, man, I'm, you know, I'm middle-aged here. I mean,
3: simply said, uh, you know, the manga's guy's called Berserk, so he's gonna keep wearing this specific armor, but yeah, he, he's going to need some additional incentives for it, and I think this adds... More tension because especially he saw the dying woman and uh, that's probably, you know, that's something for him significant because he really does not want Casca to die. And and,
4: we've seen basically that same, that shot before we're talking about, but it was Serpico envisioning the Berserk's armor killing uh, Farnese.
3: Yeah, exactly. So Angus already knew that was a risk. So yeah, I think I think this adds uh, this adds some tension. And like you said, uh, I think it's believable that he will be like, okay, well, maybe I'll, I'll take it. You know, I'll take it. Uh, how to say, I'll take it down. Um, I'm thinking maybe Gatlin or whatever else might uh, try to add some wars on it or do something so that it's less dangerous. You know, they might be having some some plan like that. And of course. Right in the middle of that, some danger would appear and he'd be like, oh, God, I'm, I'm naked. Uh, I got nothing but my shirt on. Give me my sword. And, you know, and it's just going to be some scenario like that. Mm. Well, before s- he gets
0: his armor on before Grimbel arrives this time, I'm just saying.
3: I, I would like, so I would actually like him to uh, to fight Grimbel again, just, you know, uh, naked, but, you know, without being grievously wounded. Sure. That's, that's, that's or not going like, to happen, he... but I would like it. <laughs>
4: Well, we they already kind of have the solution. It's just how well it works because I mean, this uh you know, he he's usually now operating or at least theoretically they try to operate with Shirke giving him that control. You know, so I mean, what did he mm-hmm. say? It was like sort of being at the edge so that he doesn't lose his mind but that he can unlock the full power.
3: Uh, right. I think I don't think he's going to he looks be able like Batman. to yeah, I don't think he's going yeah. to be able to just use it without any, you know, uh, you know, negative side effects. Yeah. I think Shurka is always going to need to be there, or it's always right. going to be something like that. It's not going to be all benefits, no downsides.
4: Well, the yeah, downside he is, can still do is still killing, killing him, him when he uses advantage. it that way. Yeah, right? sure, but he's still, he's still he's still bleeding out. He's still losing his units. I mean,
3: again, it's called the a berserker, so you need to. I berserk. mean, you know, you don't, yeah, yeah. You need to go berserk, <laughs> it's, otherwise, it's, it's just. It's almost
4: uh, There's too many penalties. It's
3: that, like, this, 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 sensible this armor has too
4: many <laughs> negative status effects, man. I'm not wearing it. Too
3: <laughs> many debuffs. I mean, default armor. <laughs> oh, He's cursed.
0: I can imagine. Like, I don't think it happened this way, but imagining Geyseric did not know about the Godhand before this scene when Void appeared, and then he went to Hanar and saying, I need an armor that can fight someone that's beyond human. And so he makes this armor that pushes a human beyond human limits at the cost of basically, you know, tearing her body apart. Like, I think that's super cool. Well, that's, cool. The, like that's, that's
4: the other down. weird part that makes you think it's two memories or at least that, you know, that we're we're mm-hmm. missing some events, you know, before well, and after this potentially. Mm-hmm.
0: That's where I was. I and mean, then me and Aziel went back and forth about, this is about the blood in the armor. Uh, the visions we're seeing are from the armor, the blood that was in the armor, right? And we have this this visual effect of it being. I, I have a workaround
4: for for this. <laughs> well, Go first of all, it, it could. It I tried. Could also I tried too. That this is the second time he's seeing them. Yeah, I mean, the the real parallel is that they already you know, betrayed him and fucked him over and, you know, maybe... Re- you know, really... I mean, this is kind of like how Guts oh, operates when he's in an eclipse or when he sees them like in the count where he's just, you know, he's charging at them. You, you know, from what we're seeing, he's cutting through all these yeah. apostles and just charging right at them. So maybe this is his Black Swordsman days, essentially. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's mm. going for revenge and instead it ends up yeah. being, you know, he ends up losing even more than he already had. It, it could well, be...
0: ostensibly... That, that that still makes sense because we haven't even talked about Albion and Midland yet about which yeah. one happens which and is this this or is this that like all the the it, A to it, Z. It's of too that. much
4: to happen all at once where it can't be mm-hmm. like this is where he gets betrayed and first wears the armor or you know however it went down it's like. Betrayal, the origin of the God Hands, the fall of the capital, his death—it's like it can't well, all happen. The problem is, it's been
2: a thousand years, once. so there are a lot of uh, unreliable narrators involved who True. are just, you know, telling stories or hearsay or legends. So that's a part that I find interesting as and well. when they is- say
4: a thousand years. Do they mean like a thousand and eighty years? You know? Like, yeah. Like <laughs> you know, they yeah, doing. exactly.
2: How, what what order are these events in, and what happened to whom, and to, and how, and and we have a basic idea. I mean, we got kind of an answer with uh, Judo and Charlotte's differing accounts of the, the four and the five angels, like are the cardinal And, you know, that's uh, interesting, too, from somehow. the point of
4: view. D- now, why did they say – now, it could just be no reason. It's like, you know, people disagree about, you know, the facts of something after the fact, especially secondhand. That could just be a little wrinkle. Or is it because this is when Void first appeared or a new god hand appeared? It was four well, and then it was yeah. five. Mm-hmm. Or did one I mean- die?
0: There are so many different ways to interpret the four and the five. Mm. I think that's a fine one. Or, or over There were four and then there were five, you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, yeah. and they're the four kings, right. so.
0: That's the, that's the one I always rely on, yeah.
3: Might be, yeah, I think it might be best not to, like, over-interpret it at this time because it might end up not being, not being what we think. That being said, uh, Griff, uh, I agree that when you look at this, it's clearly the final confrontation. So these guys were doing something. The city was destroyed. Geyser died. Uh, it's completely possible that he had already met, uh, the God Hand before, uh, and he was pre, you know, prepared. And that's his last assault on them. He, he tried to take them down, uh, as they tried to destroy a city and he failed. And, you know, th- that's what we see. Yeah. So it's perfectly possible that something at, uh, the Temple of Sint-Albion happened before, for example, and we didn't see it because he wasn't wearing the armor at the time.
4: Or because it wasn't germane to what Hanar wanted to show at this time.
3: Yeah, of course. It's not his death. Right.
4: Because my other workaround with the, the armor and the blood is that like, if the memory is coming from the blood, I mean, that could mean you have to have the armor on and bleed into it for that memory to exist in the armor. But yeah. is it enough that the wearer's memory... Gets infused into the armor, even if they weren't wearing it previously. As long as they bled into it later, I don't know. Probably not.
3: No, I think I, I think the weight. Uh, I mean, the weight setup. It that, makes more sense. Yeah, and it's not just you bled. Like, oh, I bled a little bit. Uh, you know, I, like I don't think guts <laughs> memories armor, of fighting. I gu- bled
4: into the armor a little bit and downloaded all my memories.
3: Pretty yeah, close. yeah, <laughs> pretty, pretty much. I'm, I call it my tubing moment. I, I think. Uh, I think it's like. Geyseric's death was so odious that, you know, it really stays that armor forever, and that's it. And, uh, yeah. and that might even explain, you know, some of the ways the armor works, you know, it's odd or whatever, I don't know. But the point is, that, that was a specific event. It's not like any memory can, can get in there.
4: Well... And it raises another point with you know Hanar being here and you know this being sort of you know the cradle of the skull Knight. how why or how did the armor end up at Flora's? Did she leave and take it with her? you know was it like you know she kind to mentioned it like being sentimental for her.
2: mm-hmm and skull yeah, so, yeah, thinking
4: and she like, she, why what, what do you have that for?
0: She, <laughs> she
3: says he didn't nostalgia can't
4: either.
0: And it's also, yeah. the other thing I was going to point about the woman is... It's my
4: creepy that, shrine to you I have in my basement. <laughs> can you guys hear yeah, me? Yeah, we can hear you. Yeah.
0: Oh, okay. Um, the way that Skull Knight regards the armor at the, whenever, he, whenever Flora shows it to him, you know, that, you, know you kept this, basically. Uh, I have to imagine it's the way that that ended, right? You know, that this armor not only killed him, but potentially led to the death of What's-Her-Face. Uh, I don't know. Skull Knight throughout the scene. It's pretty funny to look at. I just don't give a shit he looks um, in all of sudden. It's just his face. It's his resting bitch face. <laughs> resting Skully face.
4: Maybe Flora yeah. wasn't too uh, too sad about the end of uh, of that moment. Yeah. Oh come on, uh, that's that's
3: cold. No, but I do think... I do see the armor. Like yeah. Of of all the people who could have uh, rescued, I, I, w- I wanted to say rescued, but it's more like uh, grab the corpse of uh, you know can fled with it, while leaving the corpse of a woman. Uh, flora would be the best candidate, I think. Yeah. Throwing, throwing the corpse of the woman to the you know to the specters. Yeah. Wow. I couldn't tell if you were joking or not. Alex,
2: <laughs> so it's like a combination Shirky Farnese situation.
3: Yeah, here, easiest <laughs> bleacher with
2: did me. You bring, did you bring my bride? Oh no, man, sorry, she she didn't. Sorry, make
4: Sorry, oh, I, love I love couldn't that. do it.
0: She she just fell off by the side. The wolves had gotten to the iguacs got to her. <laughs> I'm gonna
4: see the flashback of the woman going, Flora. help, it was like, oh, sorry, just steps uh, on her. A bunch I'm
1: still uh, alive. Wolves uh, just like dog pile and are like. Yum, 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 yum,
3: yum.
4: <laughs>
0: I've only got room in this bottle for one soul. Sorry. <laughs> oh, man. We need to cut it out right there, guys. Uh, literally, we could talk about this episode probably another hour. Um, <laughs> Azil wrote, what, 4,000 words, I want to say? I'm just
3: guessing. Uh, I think I it's 6,000. Uh, I haven't, even, 6, I haven't 6, even seen it yet. Wow. So, yeah, go read it's that already, if this doesn't satiate the you. Yeah.
2: Okay, I'll go yeah, it took that me like,
3: It took me like two days to write this shit.
2: Damn. <laughs>
0: But thanks for joining, guys, for this uh, extended conversation on a landmark episode, and we don't know when we'll be back. Suzuku is all we know. Oh, um, my God. Anything. That could mean next December. That could mean this December. Um,
3: let's hope let's, let's it's uh, November.
0: Let's hope. Yeah, sure. Well, maybe November. Fingers crossed. Great. Yeah. We'll see. But anyway, in any case, we'll be back. Thanks for listening, and check you later.
3: Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
0: The Skullcast is a production of Skullknight.net, a Berserk fan community. If you like what you heard, please visit patreon.com sknet. Donations there do not go towards the podcast, but instead toward our resident translator, Puella, who ensures that our members have access to high-quality, text-based translations of Berserk. Huela has also been translating interviews with Berserk's creator, Kentaro Miura. Many of these interviews have never been translated into English, so it's very exciting to read those. That kind of work simply wouldn't have happened without support from our donors. If you'd like to chip in a buck or two, please know that it all helps. Once again, that's patreon.com sknet. If you have a question or want to comment on the podcast, visit our forum, skullnet.net forum. Near the top, you'll see a section devoted to the podcast. There's always an active thread in there, so go ahead, leave a post, and someone's sure to respond quickly. Thanks for listening!